You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. He could get 10 years in prison and a quarter million dollar fine. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news, sports, and weather. It's free. Don Hartley, Townsquare Media, Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Gary Harris Show for this Thursday, February 1, 2024. That's right. It's February 1st. Can you believe that? Already through January, into the second month of the year, uh, time really does fly. It's uh, it's here and gone in a snap of the fingers, but it's a new month, and uh, we're ready to go here on the show with a jam-packed show that I'm going to tell you all about in just a moment. As I said, I'm Gary Harris. I've got uh, Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass. He's manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904 in the first hour, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in the second hour, and so we are ready to go. This hour of the Gary Harris Show brought to you as always by Alabama credit union member owned and not for profit it's just a better way of banking i encourage you to visit alabamacu.com to learn all about it convenience and savings make life better the acu lifestyle account is available now you can learn more at alabamacu.com that's alabama credit union loans for real life some rules and restrictions do apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money and put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, uh, good show lined up uh, for you today at 9.30 in studio. Daryl Furman, former University of Alabama linebacker under Ray Perkins and Bill Curry and uh, the president of uh, Letterman of the USA and uh, just has done great, great work. And uh, we've had him on the program before. He is going to be with us today as well and um, talk about their annual one yard at a time gala set for February 23rd in Birmingham. Major Ogilvy is the special guest this year, the former great running back for the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Mountain Brook Spartans. So Daryl Furman in studio today to discuss the one yard at a time gala set for February 23rd. And of course, what they're doing for uh, veterans is unbelievable and how much has been done. And we'll talk about how all this got started back uh, following the uh, tornado in February in uh, 2011. And uh, we'll discuss that with Daryl Furman coming up at 9.30. Then at 10 o'clock, I know Corey's going to be happy over in Trustful. He's been wanting some softball discussion. And Karen Johns, our softball analyst, will be in with us at 10 to preview the season, uh, not just for Alabama, but for uh, college softball. Of course, she, former pitching coach at the University of Alabama, former All-American catcher at South Carolina, former head coach at uh, at Florida, at Virginia, and uh, she's been around, and now she's uh, does some television work as a statistician and analyst for uh, ESPN and different networks. So Karen Johns will be with us at 10 o'clock for softball. And then at 10.30, my pal Jess Spiegel, uh, sports anchor and host of The Zone at ABC 3340. Your phone calls, as I said, are welcome. On the first of Maine condominiums hotline at 205-342-9904. Also, Alabama head coach Kalen DeBoer made his uh, senior bowl debut as the Crimson Tide head coach on Wednesday uh, down there at the practice at the senior bowl in uh, Mobile. And we've got his audio from his media session yesterday that we're going to be able to play for you as he took questions and um Boy, it was a, a throng of media people there yesterday, of course, as you would expect. Hugh Freeze was also there, and uh, Hugh Freeze, uh, I should have sent you that clip. He talked about how he and, and uh, Kalen DeBoer go way, way back to their days in NIA, NAIA, so they know each other well. Hugh Freeze was coaching at Lambeth, and of course, uh, 
DeBoer was coaching at uh, at Sioux Falls. So interesting story there at, from the NAIA days with uh, Kayla DeBoer and Hugh Freeze. So great show on tap for you today and uh, a lot going on in the sports world. And in fact, uh, let's go ahead and start them off with some Thursday morning headlines here on the program. The Alabama men's basketball team went into last night's SEC road game against Georgia, leading the SEC with a 6-1 and record. And um, I tell you what, Stegman Coliseum has been a tough place to play this year. And early on for Alabama, it was a nightmare. As no Nick Pringle, he's suspended again. Uh, Coach Oates said after the game he's going to have to make a decision on whether or not he wants to be a part of the program going forward. But Alabama fell down 17-2. to 17-2. to I mean, it was ugly. And you're thinking at that point, I mean, they're going to get run out of the out of the Coliseum, but you know what? Uh, they got just, I mean, obliterated on the backboard in the first half. I mean, it was unbelievable, the rebounding numbers. And they were, though, as bad as it looked early, they, you know, they got it to 14 at half. Not great, down 41-27. But fortunately, there are two halves. And in the second half, Alabama showed what makes them a, a, a special team. I mean, they scored 58 second half points tied it up at 64 took a lead at 66 64 it went back and forth um 66 66 sears hit a three to make it 69 66 um nelson had a three they had uh, they led the way sears had 23 grant nelson had 20 uh then it was 76 73 alabama with the ball and nelson hit the dagger he hit a three to make it 79-73. Bama outscored Georgia 58-35 in the second half to win 85-76 to was the final. And Nate Oates after the game just said, hey, man, you know, you got to win some games like this. You've got to win some games like this on the road in the SEC when you don't have your best. And uh, Alabama didn't. But that shows you what this team's capable of again. Offensively, they can score. They'd score in spurts. I mean, they. I think they had... Oh, gosh, I want to say, I don't know, well over 30 points in the final 10 or 11 minutes of the game. I mean, and that's a huge win. Alabama now comes back home. They host Mississippi State on Saturday night. They move to 7-1 and in the SEC. They lead the SEC outright as the solo leaders in the conference. Other finals last night. Florida, what about the Gators winning in overtime at Kentucky? That game was close all the way. It looked like Kentucky would win it in regulation. They were up three, shooting a free throw. They missed the free throw. And Florida came down and hit a three to tie it, forced overtime. And Florida really controlled the overtime. They went at 94 to 91. Auburn, as expected, took care of Vanderbilt down at Neville Arena, 81-54 to snap a two-game conference losing streak. They got to play Vanderbilt twice, which is already played them twice, which is a good uh, break for Auburn. And then Arkansas kept Missouri winless. Arkansas picks up its second conference win on the road in uh, Columbia, Missouri, 91 to 84. So those are your other SEC basketball scores from last night. As we mentioned, Kalen DeBoer at the Senior Bowl on Wednesday at practice, speaking to Alabama players. He also visited, obviously, with Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr., who he coached and uh, spoke with reporters. We'll have his comments for you coming up later on in the show. Hugh Freeze was there as well. The Senior Bowl is on Saturday down there at the University of South Alabama. 
Aaron Hodges has developed a reputation as a top figure in recruiting and personnel over the last several years, and he uh, knows Kalen DeBoer. Uh, Hodges was at Purdue as the director of player personnel when DeBoer was the offensive coordinator at Indiana. Now the two will be working together in Tuscaloosa as DeBoer has hired uh, Hodges away from TCU to become the director of player personnel for the University of Alabama. So this staff is uh, really, really shaping up. And uh, I like what I've seen from Kalen DeBoer in terms of hiring this staff. So that's a check on some headlines. It's 9-11. We're off and running here on the Gary Harris Show. And as I said, if you want to be a part of the program, the First Domain Condos hotline is open at 205-342-9904. And that's where Cowboy is going to lead us off this morning. Good morning, Cowboy. Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing well. talking about Kalen DeBoer hires. But, you know, it seems like everything he's hiring – pretty much has an affiliation with him and his time at Indiana. And I don't remember Indiana winning the Big Ten or anything. I thought maybe he'd bring a little more of these Washington guys with him in the personnel departments because they did win the Pac-12 in Washington. Well, he brought his general manager. You know, we know he brought Courtney Morgan down from, from Washington to be the, be the, be the GM. Uh, I like the staff, Cowboy. I like the way it's been constructed and put together. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, the staff here is going to be, going to be top notch. And, uh, you know, he only spent the one year at Indiana, but you know, coaching is about relationships and you, uh, you build relationships throughout your career. And, uh, I think that, you know, that's a lot of what we're seeing in this staff or relationships that he's built. But, uh, whether it be yeah. at Washington, Indiana, Fresno State, uh, Sioux Falls. So yeah, I, um, I, I like this staff though. I really do. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do. That's all we can do. You mm-hmm. know? Let it let it play out. I wonder if uh, wonder if Missouri hired the the defensive mind from South Alabama that Corey Batune, uh, Kerry Batune, that they hired that these be their DC. I guess we'll we'll see how that plays out for Missouri. You know, yeah, well, they that's, hired the South. That's- you know, like you said, that's the case with all these coaching hires, man. You know, it, whether it's a head coach, a coordinator, um, you know, you do, you, you do the best you can and, but you never know for sure. I mean, you know, the proof's in the pudding and coaching now more than it's ever been is, is cyclical and year to year. Um, we've seen coaches get hired and start fast and then fade. And we've seen coaches that were hired who started slow and then built momentum like a Harbaugh and finished it off. You know, you know, he's going to the NFL as a national champion. So there's no, uh, um, yeah. there's no guarantees anytime you hire a coach, uh, anymore. Uh, but, but I, you know, I think when you're having to replace Nick Saban, um, you know, I thought Greg Byrne did a good job of, of targeting a guy and, and identifying who he wanted and, and making it happen in 48 hours. And, and I've been impressed with what I've seen from Kalen DeBoer. Like you said, the proof is always in the pudding. It's going to be, you know, he's a very popular guy right now and he'll be popular until he loses a game. And uh, as soon as he yeah. loses a game, then all of the scrutiny and all of the question marks are going to be brought up. So, but you know, good news is he doesn't have to worry about that for about eight months. There you go. Hey, uh, kind of on to something what I mainly called about was I heard some guy talking to not the guy you had on from Knoxville, but another Tennessee guy. And the um, agent that Nico Amavela's marketing, Spire Marketing, mm-hmm. that he signed up with in February of 2022. If you know, if you go back and look at the, the recruiting of Nico Amavela, it, there was talk on Tider Insider uh, web pages and ma- uh, stuff of their 
of the Rodney Orr's, uh, you know, website that Nico Almavela in late February was pretty much close to committing to Alabama. And then the Spire agency became his marketing arm, which they're an agent and a marketing firm. Some of their top Albert Eric Berry, okay? You, you get where I'm going here, Gary? Yeah, you broke and up on me, but I didn't hear you mention Eric Berry. So he's with he's with Spire Marketing. Right, and Albert Hainsworth. Both former Tennessee Spire great players. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right. <clears throat> and and the owner of Spire, the agent, is a Tennessee alumnus. And his plane flew Nico Amavela and the family, since he's his marketing arm, to Knoxville for the visit. And this guy was asked on a, a radio show in Alabama, another station, you know, about all this. And, and, and the Spire guy is also part of the Tennessee Collective. And, you know, they're, they're going to lawyer up and they're going to challenge the NCA and all that kind of stuff. But there, there's no doubt that the, they bought Nico Lamavale. And, you know, the NIL and all that, whether you can prove it or not, he was paid to go to Tennessee to play. I mean, there, there's just no way around it. And, 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 you know, they may skate from it because of the rules. Well, I mean, listen, it they is, know what they did. You know, but, you know, they weren't the only ones. And that's that's kind of the pickle that's is, right. is, is that there could be more of this coming. <clears throat> I think there's going to be other schools because, listen, I, I said, and you remember this, Cowboy, you've been listening to the show for a lot of years. I, You know, I'm not saying I was the only one at all, but I never bought into this pie in the sky. Oh, this is going to be great. Players can benefit from jersey sales and video imaging. Nah, listen, I knew what this was going to be. And the oh, whole yeah. thing with name, image, and likeness was, yeah, it was supposed to benefit the players on your roster, okay? It was name, image, and likeness was supposed to bit benefit players on your roster who were already there that had opportunities through name, image, and likeness. It was not supposed to be a recruiting slush fund. And that's where these collectives were created immediately to start uh, paying players to come to schools. That's not what it was supposed to be. Yet it was just put together and Tennessee's not the only one. And I, I, I think you're going to see other schools uh, that the NCAA um, winds up you know, investigating. Oh, because oh yeah, of they this. said there's going to be more investigations coming in the next week or two. Yeah, oh, yeah. so you know, the, but because the minute that this was allowed, uh, it got it got it just morphed immediately into let's go buy players. And um, you know, now I hear some people saying some of these business sports business analysts saying, well, there's no way you could have foreseen the NIL would become this. Yeah, you could have if you live in the real world and and. You, you know what money is about. You could have seen this. And I think the minute NIL was put into place, a lot of these big boosters at these schools said, hey, let's form these collectives, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. And we can just start, you know, we can become super competitive immediately by, you know, paying top dollars. And we've already seen disasters with the quarterback at, at Florida who got, you know, all that money and then didn't get paid. And, and so, yeah, there's more of, of this to come. But what I'm hoping, Cowboy, is as we continue to talk about, you know, some structure, maybe if nothing else, this will lead to somehow, some way, some rules put in place that will govern NIL and what it, you know, 
is supposed to look like and maybe it'll yeah. at least you know be more uh the way it was designed to be instead of let's just go out and buy players. So, I mean, and maybe yeah. that'll slow it down a little bit. Maybe these collectives now will say, Hey man, we have to be careful how we operate. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that feel like, as you said, Tennessee's going to lawyer up. You know, the chancellor has already come out, plowman and made this incredible <clears throat> scathing, um, statement against the NCAA. They're going to battle it. And if nothing comes of this, then, you know, we, we may truly have the wild, wild west. Say what you want about the NCAA. And I get it. They're a popular whipping boy, but at least they're still there. At least they're still, you know, in theory, an organization that governs collegiate athletics that keeps people from just strictly making this unrestricted free agency and you just pay as much money as you can. If that, if that's gone, um, then I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, there'll be so much money changing hands. I mean, there'll be, there'll be no rules unless again, you know, at some point, maybe college football, maybe college men's basketball breaks away and, um, you know, is governed differently than the other sports. Uh, because I know there are a lot of people that tell you the NCAA's, uh, only real job is to put on all of these postseason uh, playoffs and tournaments for, you know, all the sports other than football. And they do do that. And that is an important aspect of what they do. So maybe football just has to have its own uh, governing body and its own system. Maybe that's what we'll see come out of this. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this is what happens when you turn college football or college athletics over to the Ed O'Bannons and the Johnny Manziel type. That's what, that's what this has all come, come about from. And I knew this was going to be a problem when they started allowing it. You did too. But, you know, we didn't necessarily think that they, they were just going to obviously buy players. But to me, it's not professional football. And when, when Commissioner Sankey gets up there and calls these guys student athletes, that's the biggest hogwash I've ever seen in my life. They're paid players. They're not student athletes. What are, we're not talking about APRs or any of that stuff anymore to be eligible and all that, you know. I mean, I, I, they, they just went down the rabbit hole of just, you know, this is just insane. Yeah, you know, and, genie's out of genie's out of the bottle, and like I said, it's going to be hard to it's hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Now you're right. This is. Um, you know, the, the academic part of this, again, you don't even hardly ever hear about a player being ineligible anymore, no matter how many schools they move from and, and, uh, what their status is on the calendar. You know, they seem to be able to just leave a school and go to another school and to be academically eligible or sit out and train. Uh, you know, again, I talked about the basketball player, Nick Smith at Arkansas last year, spent six weeks out in Los Angeles training on his own. And I'm sure they said he did, you know, online classes, but he comes back to Fayetteville and just, Comes back in and starts playing immediately. It's it's a weird deal. Hey, I got to hit the break, Cowboy. Great stuff, man. Available to be eligible, or you think the NCA are trying to rule it ineligible? I don't know. I I, I I don't I don't know. I have no idea. Really, I don't. I have no idea how this is going to play out. But uh, you know, my guess is, um, based on recent history with the NCAA, that Nico Amalevo will be the quarterback at Tennessee this year. That'd be my guess, but we'll see. I guess I got a little burr up my saddle about this deal because I always thought we would have gotten Ima Vela if Tennessee won the ball. Well, maybe so. All right, got to go, Cowboy. Thanks. All right, bye bye. All right, nine twenty-two. We'll get to the break and uh, we'll come back and. Um uh, have a short segment, and then we'll be back with Daryl Furman here in studio from Letterman in the USA. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide one hundred point nine FM and twelve thirty AM WTBC. Hot. 
This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by CBNS Bank. Bank anywhere, at any time with CBNS Bank's digital solutions. Managing your finances has never been so easy. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Monday's edition of Hey Coach, presented by Alpha Insurance, we were joined at Baumhauer's Victory Grill by Crimson Tide freshman Jaron Stevenson. Yeah, just watching last year, you know, Brandon Miller, Noah Clowney, uh, the type of offense they run, uh, fast, just, you know, nonstop. I like that type of play, that type of basketball. Um, I like... I like the just different things they they run, defensive sets. So just just watching them play, I love watching them play. So that really brought me here to Alabama. Is it a coincidence that you wear number 15? Because you sure do look yeah. a lot like Clowney did last right. year. There's times I look up and I start to call you Noah. And then Ross, no, that that's this year. This is this is Jared. So I mean, there's a lot of similarities, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. Connie was a monster on the court, and yeah, that's what I intend to do, and I intend to keep on doing. Um, there's still some things I got to work on, but yeah, Connie is definitely a good comparison. I'll have more in a moment. CBNS Bank has a long history of stability and a legacy of serving our community's needs for generations. You could say we know a thing or two about tradition. We've been family, community, and financially strong since we began in 1906. Being a team player is part of our culture. That's why at CBNS Bank, we're proud to sponsor the University of Alabama Athletics and prouder to take the field or court with you. Visit CBSBank.com today. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Join us tonight for Crimson Tide Women's Basketball at Arkansas. Tip-off from Fayetteville is set for 8 p.m. Central with our coverage on the network. Every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. A nice warm-up today with a sunny sky. The high at 60. Mostly clear tonight. The low 38. Then very pleasant weather tomorrow and Saturday. The sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs in the mid to upper 60s between 65 and 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 926. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Coming up a little bit later on in the show, Kaylin DeBoer. Talks with reporters at the Senior Bowl practices on Wednesday. We'll have that audio for you. And in the next segment, Daryl Furman from Letterman in the USA is in studio to talk about the big uh, gala coming up later on this month at the club over in Birmingham featuring Major Ogilvy. So can't wait for that. Well, I got a couple of minutes here before we have to get to the uh, next break. I do want to again talk more about Bama basketball because last night, as I said, when you're on the road and you get shell shocked like they did and you're down 17 to 2, um, even though there's a ton of basketball left, uh, they were still down 14 at the break. They were still down double digits almost midway through the half. To be able to come back and, and not only win the game, but wind up kind of winning the game, going away a little bit, 58 points in the second half to win it 85-76, that's, uh, that's impressive. 
I'm telling you, that, that's that's that shows you what this Alabama team is is capable of. Um, again, without Nick Pringle, that's um, that's one of their bigs, and they're already a little bit short in terms of size on the inside. I hope it works out, whatever the issues are with him in regards to the the team. Uh, but Coach Oates was pretty matter-of-fact after the game last night saying, you know, he's going to have to make a decision, meaning Pringle, as to whether or not he wants to be a part of the program going forward. I hope that he will. None of this is out. You know, there's no off-the-court issues. This is strictly based on his attitude and his situation with the team on the floor. I think it probably, if you you know, if you follow sports, you know, more times than not, it has to do with playing time. It has to do with coming back, expecting to be a starter, starting the season as a starter, thinking you're going to be one of the key guys, and then that changes a little bit. And he has not handled it well. And um, you know, so right now, as we sit here this morning, I think his status going forward on this team is up in the air. I do think because it's you know he's been suspended twice now. He didn't make the trip to Athens. Got a game coming up Saturday night at home against LSU. I feel like we're going to find out something pretty quickly on on Nick Pringle. We'll probably no Saturday night. You know, if he's back with the team playing in the game, then you can look at it and say that everything's going to be fine. If he's not, then then obviously, um, you know, that's going to be a situation that you know he may not be part of this team. So we will we will see. All right, uh, 929 here on the program. We're going to get to the break and come back in studio. Daryl Furman, former Alabama linebacker under Ray Perkins and Bill Curry. And now going back to the um, April 27, 2011 tornado. This is where all this kind of stemmed from. So we'll we'll revisit that and how that uh, Letterman of the USA got started and now how it is is evolved into an organization that helps our veterans in a way that not many organizations around the country are doing and plans for the future and, of course, the big gala coming up later on this month. That's next here on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, your home for Alabama sports. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and 3 special. Kid go. If you want to pay more, that's your business. If you want to save, that's our business. Tuscaloosa Hyundai, corner of Skyland and Hargrove. TuscaloosaHyundai.com. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. All right, 932, 28 minutes in front of the hour of 10 o'clock. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, and joined in studio now by Daryl Furman. Uh, from is, is your title president of uh, Letterman of the USA or CEO or what, what is your title, Daryl? Chief bottle washer. <laughs> He's the chief, I'll tell you that. But uh, Letterman of the USA, fantastic organization. Daryl Foreman, the former Crimson Tide linebacker, known as the Bull back in his playing days. I think Cornelius Bennett tagged him with that. We'll get into that that story in a, in a little bit. But uh, uh, from Gadsden, Alabama. Uh, walked on at the University of Alabama as a linebacker under uh, Ray Perkins and Bill Curry and and uh, successful business career. And so let's track back because there will be a lot of people listening this morning that have not heard of Letterman in the USA, yeah. don't know how it came about. So let's go back to the beginning. After the devastating April 27, 2011 tornadoes, I, I think you were one of the 
main principles in organizing that flag football game between former Alabama and Auburn players for tornado relief. Isn't that kind of that? That is uh, that is correct. I tell you, I was a, a high school coach in Atlanta, and uh, I got a, a message the day of the um, of the uh, tornado during winter spring uh, practice. And I was, uh, I was working with the defensive, uh, I was working with the defense uh, over in Georgia that I was coaching, high school where I was coaching. And, and it said that there was a tornado on the ground, Tuscaloosa, and it was headed to Birmingham, it was leaving a debris field 10 miles wide. This, mm-hmm. this is just unbelievable. And so, uh, I got a phone call, or I, I got on the phone that night with A Club Brothers. I also talked to my brother who lives here in Tuscaloosa, uh, had some property over, in his, uh, um, over here off of, uh, 15th. Um, I'm trying to think of the area, but, uh, it was just a devastating phone call. Shannon Brown's uh, daughter was mm-hmm. missing at the time. And, um, anyway, I made a decision that night, and it was probably, um, it was one of the hardest decisions because football was like a lot of us is our love. But I decided that that um, that I was going to uh, go home and uh, because Tuscaloosa is what I always say is the capstones where I became a man. I grew up on that football field, and uh, it was all hands on deck as far as I was concerned. And so um, I essentially resigned from coaching uh, a, a few days later. But I resigned from. Um, from coaching and came over here and got involved in the uh, relief effort and I don't think I looked back after that and and, and was able to uh, as you said uh, get a bunch of former Alabama and Auburn players and coaches to come together about 200 of us and we played a flag game and um, up in uh, Spain Park High School uh, now what 12 years ago and uh, August 13th 2011 and we've been going ever since. Yeah, yeah. The Letterman organization was founded in December yeah. of 2011. And it just kept going. And, kept going. and like you said, it, it really, when did um, when did a big part of it become benefiting the veterans? How did, how did that? Well, evolve? originally we started out working with Firehouse in Birmingham, uh, which is a, a homeless shelter. Um, and um, what we realized is the veterans – there were a lot of veterans within the firehouse shelter um, organization that they were ministering to. And we thought that that was an area where we could make an impact. And uh, since we are a social impact organization, that was one of the things that uh, the early days is we thought that would be our niche. And so what you have now, Gary, is you have an organization that was founded to raise money for veterans and it just happens to be that the founders are former collegiate athletes and coaches. Nothing like it that we know of in the entire country exists. Mm-hmm. It's only here in uh, central Alabama that this organization exists. And, uh, you know, since our, uh, I guess since our inception, we have uh, impacted over 1,300 veterans and their families' lives. We've given over 515 to 20 autographed footballs to veterans through Autographs for Heroes program. We've given countless, what went through our Wheels for Heroes program, we've given countless wheelchairs. Um, we've, um, we've made major impact in, uh, in the veterans community, especially in the homeless community, with a, a fastest growing program in Tears for Heroes, which is headed by Susan Cormany, uh, a Northport girl, uh, that, um, that runs that, our project coordinator. 
And uh, we've, um, uh, you know, with our laptops for heroes, we've impacted Gold Star children and lost their moms and dads in combat. And we have a lot of exciting new programs. We have Utilities for Heroes, uh, which allows us, you know, well, this economy the way it is, a lot of veterans and families choose between eating, rent, or utilities. Mm. And so we have a program, especially for veterans with PTSD, we have a program called Utilities for Heroes, and we'll come in and we'll pay their uh, power bill. Wow. We'll go into the portal uh, with Alabama Power. We actually, we work directly with Alabama Power now, and we've also received some grant money from them through the ABC Trust Foundation for uh, to do this. And uh, and so um, we've got a lot, and then we've got Food for Heroes. We just launched uh, Turkey for Heroes uh, through the Food for Heroes program back in Thanksgiving. We did about 35 uh, veterans who were uh, basically they're homeless, but they're not homeless anymore. They have a dwelling and they have a place through our Interiors for Heroes program. And uh, we hope this coming year we will do 300 instead of 35 since it was so successful. And then we have a Rent for Heroes is also uh, another program we have. And then uh, what I always talk about, there's always what it's called if you're, if you, depending if you're a Shakespeare fan or, or a Star Trek fan, is the Undiscovered Country. And the Undiscovered Country for us, we always wanted since our inception uh, to have a 50-yard line house that would be able to help uh, uh, homeless, not, you know, we have some athletes that played in the, the Iron Bowl that went homeless. I think you know what I'm yeah. referring to there. And uh, we always wanted to have something that could make a major impact. So I'll just tell you, uh, it's uh, this is going to be the, the, the main, I guess, the main focus of the organization moving forward uh, after this gala is to build a um, uh, about 120 tiny home village for homeless veterans in the Birmingham, Alabama area. Uh, be north of Birmingham, uh, 22 miles um, right now from the VA and about 15 minutes from the mental health facility. And so you can see from this uh, this ticket right here we've got for the for the uh, gala, we've got Harvard Management Corporation and we've got Web Concrete and we've got a whole lot of other folks that are construction related that are going to um, are going to help us uh, accomplish this uh, goal in the future. Well, it's coming up February 23rd, 6 to 10 p.m. at The Club uh, there in Birmingham, the One Yard at a Time Gala annual fundraiser and live auction. Uh, athletic honoree is Major Ogilvy, of course, the former great Mountain Brook in Alabama running back under Coach Bryant, national champion. And the military honoree is Sergeant Kirk Stafford from the U.S. Army, retired. So um, this event, and as you said, there's a lot of work you're doing in the year, but this is kind of the... The culmination of all that. This, 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 this gala. is the showcase. Yeah. This is where we showcase what we do, what we've accomplished in the year. And it's a night of patriotism. It's a night of, uh, to celebrate, to meet some great athletes, uh, to meet someone like Chris Moore is going to be there. You know, uh, I mean, you know, uh, Chris played with, uh, Biscuit at the, at the Bills and, uh, I mean, played with us at Alabama and he, he's going to be there. Just found out that, uh, we're also going to probably have, uh, uh, Big Al too. So, uh, that's, that's, that, that's, uh, that's a big deal with Major, uh, of course course and uh, we've also got a guy that is uh, we call him the flag guy uh, he, he goes to events especially having to do with veterans and he just posts with the flag and either in, in the front of wherever the event is taking place he's coming uh 
my teammate Danny Smith that played for uh, uh, with us at Alabama uh, is a punter. He's going to be singing the national anthem that night. Uh, we'll have the University of Alabama ROTC Air Force Color Guard uh, presenting the colors wow. that night. Uh, so it's going to be a it's a, every year rolls back between Alabama and UAB, and it's Alabama's year. And we're going to have a big Crimson Tide uh, uh, year. That's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it does rotate back and forth between Alabama and Auburn, and this is uh, Alabama year, something something special. And we'll have more time to get into this, but since we're hitting on it right now before we have to hit this next break, and we're going to have you back for another segment, uh, I know people can uh, purchase their tickets uh, online, right? That's correct, LOTUSA.org, just LOTUSA.org. Yeah, it's going to be something special. All right, before we go to the break, and we'll come back with another segment uh, to continue to talk about all the work that you're doing, I promise people that are listening um, how you got the, the nickname. Of course, now I'd call you uh, a bulldog because of the way you dive into projects full speed ahead. But how did uh, – was it Cornelius Bennett that tagged you with the nickname the bull back in your Alabama playing days? That's a great question, and it's a, it allows me to segue into the fact that the gala that we do in February is uh, to commemorate the anniversary of Derek Thomas's passing, and also the organization getting its, um, I guess, nonprofit mm-hmm. status in 2018. So it might have been DT. That, it was DT. That got you the nickname. It was yeah. DT. It sure was Derek Thomas. And that was just a, a tribute to you for how hard you played and and uh, how you got after people. That was a crazy day. Um, it was uh, it was in Alabama when you first get there. They put a piece of white tape in the mm-hmm. day. They had a they write Furman across it, and you, you didn't know. If, they always told you. Woody Mothers always said if uh, if they uh, pulled that tape at any time, it was shower time, and no quite you were done. Your college career was over. It. So, you know that was during those days, and so we were. Um, uh, I was on the scout team with a guy named Seth Moltz and uh, David Palmer and a whole bunch of other uh, John uh, uh, John uh, wasn't John Magnum, but it was. Uh, I'm trying to think, but anyway, I was on the scout team with a bunch of guys. There's hard hitting guys. And, uh, you know, we were up against the first team offense with David Gilmer and West Neighbors, and I think it was Bill Condon. And it was pretty, it got pretty heated. And, um, I, I don't know for whatever reason we had these plays that, uh, Coach Henshaw would have Coach Jerry pull and call. And, and one of them was Cowboy Whip Plug. And it just meant that the, uh, the Mike linebacker, who was kind of like the quarterback of the defense, mm-hmm. I guess, at the time, would, uh, would basically submarine into the guard center gap. Well, that, um, that guard center gap had West Neighbors and, uh, and, and a guy named David Gilmer Two there. Really nice <laughs> offensive lineman. Two big dudes, yeah. right? And, um, you know, my, 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 uh, my name as a freshman got called up on that deal, and uh, and uh, I, I guess the rest is history. It wasn't the fact that it was one; it was two after another, that, and the final one caused a big old blow up in the backfield of the ball, getting uh, knocked out. And uh, Derek Thomas was walking for some reason down the sidelines from where the first team defense was was uh, actually practicing with the uh, with the scout team offense, and uh, he said, and I don't know if I can say. This on the air, but he said, "Damn bull," <laughs> <laughs> and the name stuck. Clay Whitehurst told me uh, that night at um, Harry's Bar. He said, "He said, I don't know if you know this bull. We're gonna tattoo that on your uh, your tomb, brother." <laughs> and it stuck, and you earned it because you uh, you didn't back down against those two uh, big 
powerful veteran offensive lineman. I mean, that's, hey, listen, that's, that's a testament to you. Derek Thomas tagged you as the bull. All right, it's 944. We're going to get to our break. Uh, but I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to bring Daryl back for one more segment in the studio and talking about the Letterman of the USA, the great organization, what all they do, the one yard at a time gala that's coming up at the club on February 23rd, but also future plans for Letterman of the USA as, as, uh, Daryl, we're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Visit PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representations made that the legal services provided by Patterson Comer is greater than any other legal services performed by any other lawyer. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans. Loans at guarantee. Text support to 511-511. Morning kick. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tax fees may apply. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A nice warm-up today with a sunny sky. The high at 60, mostly clear tonight, below 38. Then very pleasant weather tomorrow and Saturday. The sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs in the mid to upper 60s between 65 and 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. For Alabama sports, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 948. Welcome back to the Gary Harris Show. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. And uh, we got Tommy and Romulus on hold. Tommy, we're going to get to you. we got a few more minutes with uh, my friend uh, Daryl Furman from... Uh, Letterman of the USA and the big 2024 One Yard at a Time Gala coming up on February 23rd at the club in Birmingham. Uh, athletic honoree Major Ogilvy, former University of Alabama outstanding running back, national champion. And the uh, military honoree will be uh, Kirk Stafford, U.S. Army retired. So, all right, Daryl, let's continue our conversation. We got a little football in about how DT named, nicknamed you the bull. and But let's get back to this um, uh, Letterman of the USA. And going forward, uh, as we said, this thing kind of – Came after the tornado, and and the next thing you know, you're helping people, and and now uh, the plans are huge. I mean, you told me just briefly in a text message that you know you're gonna work talking about an entire village that yeah, you're, you're it, building. What, what, what's that about? Well, it's uh, it's north of uh, Birmingham. It's a uh, property up above, um, probably it's about 15 minutes from what's called the mental health facility for the VA. It's a new facility they just built in Irondale, and it's probably about 22 miles from downtown VA. It's about 44 acres. Uh, it'll have um, hopefully 120 tiny homes. We're hoping also to to be cut-of-the-edge technology. I'll just say this, that um, I'm going to um, hopefully be going to Austin, Texas to uh, – uh, meet with the uh, icon folks they've invited me to come out there something they've got an um, an open house and what icon does is they've won the moon contract to build a moon base with 3d printer mm. and they can build two of these houses that we're talking about these tiny houses within 24 hours wow 
and the the walls. Uh, and this this is where you get folks really interested because of the cutting edge technology. I'm talking about corporations. Uh, the walls can stand up, I think, 220 mile hour winds, which makes them tornado proof. Yeah. So um, uh, you know we're we're hoping to uh, be able to do that. And uh, let's say there'll be about 120 tiny homes. It'll also have a hopefully an educational center, a place, a chapel. And then for the, and I, I know we won't be able to get probably the War II veterans, but for the Korean War veterans and the Vietnam veterans who needed an assisted care facility, we're hoping that can be built in the back. And that's amazing. And just, uh, all right, we've got a couple more minutes here and then we we'll get to Tommy and Romulus on the phone. But, uh, if people want to, obviously we're promoting the, the, the gala coming up when you're at time gala, but if people just want to get involved or find out more, uh, maybe volunteer in some of the, the things that you have going on, how do they do that? LOTUSA.org. Just go to LOTUSA.org. Of course, we're on all the social media platforms, including some of the newer ones, the, the True Social. We're on uh, Getter. You can also find us on, of course, Facebook and Instagram. You and I, you know, we're on Twitter or X, uh, and we're on that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, we're, we're all, we're covering on all the platforms. Yeah, folks, again, uh, support uh, Letterman of the USA and get your tickets now for the One Yard at a Time Gala coming up on February 23rd, 6 to 10 p.m. at The Club in Birmingham. Dinner and cocktails, live and silent auctions, just a great night of fellowship. It is going to be special. Getting back to football here before we we close it out. you know, we've all lived through the Nick Saban uh, dynasty, but now it's transition. And, uh, boy, a lot's changed in the last couple of years in college football with, with NIL and the portal, uh, Kalen DeVore's coming in here. Um, just your, you know, your feeling on Alabama football going forward and, and, uh, can, can DeVore keep it going? Well, it, Alabama football is in itself an institution. It's a brand. And, you, you know, I, for me, to have just had the opportunity to wear the crimson jersey, it could have just been one time, and that would have been a lifelong dream for mm-hmm. me. So to have been able to have been a part of, I know we call it the rebuilding years now, uh, my teammates and I do, but we had some great teams too. That's, that's true. You know, I mean, 86, I mean, uh, not, you know, everything horseshoes, you would call it some things horseshoes, you know, but, uh, 86 was very close. It could have been a national championship. Absolutely. Easily. Easily. Uh, and had Penn State not happened the way it had at Bryant Denny, that was probably the one that broke the teams mm-hmm. back. If that hadn't happened, I think we would have won the national yeah, championship. Yeah. And still should have beaten LSU and Auburn yeah, that year. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. You know, 110 as it was and and then you know even those days coaches could be gone at a snap of the fingers you know you you know and we went i went through that and that's that's you know i these guys that are seniors right now i mean that that's a tough thing to do transition it's uh, it's tough it it is well daryl man i appreciate it and uh, hold tight here and let me get to tommy and romulus and then we'll close out the segment and 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 get you out of here but i do want to get uh get tommy on here before he's been on hold uh let's jump out on the uh, first main condos hotline tommy is with us good morning tommy hey gary how y'all doing well i think i do a great job promoting what former alabama football players have done and that organization i'm with we to hear more stuff about it. Because, well, thank you. Well, yesterday I got on Ron about something. We were talking about naming this, naming that. And I said, you know, there's another person we should have something named after at the university. And I said, Sarah Patterson. And I made a comment. I don't care if you put her name on the Coliseum because what she did for the university in gymnastics, 
and for uh, breast cancer awareness. Mm-hmm. He has done a lot of work for the community, and I would just love to see more of Alabama positive. Well, she has got. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me say this to you, Tommy. The the Sarah Patterson Champions Plaza uh, is named in her honor, and it's uh, right outside of Sewell Thomas Stadium. It's a little area where. Um, you know, they have marble slabs highlighting all of the championships. So uh, I'm with you on her contributions and six national titles and what she's done for the community. So, But in case you weren't aware of it, uh, they do have that Sarah Patterson Champions Plaza uh, there on the university uh, campus uh, right outside of the uh, right field uh, area of Sewell Thomas Stadium across from the Malmore Athletic Complex. So just so, you know, you'll know that so you can pay it a visit next time you're by because you're right, she did a lot for the University of Alabama. Oh, I have I go to all of Okay, yeah, you, yeah, you've center. seen it then, so yeah. I've seen it. It's amazing. It's an honor, but you know, she's not that type of person who won't glory, but you know, it'd just be nice that, you know, you can see her name up there. I mean, there's other things, or have a statue out there. Cause, not mean the student can say we had three coaches that won six national championships in sports. And That's I right. just, you know, and you should be, I'm proud of it. Trust me, I'm proud of all the work that Coach Bryant done for his former players and Nick Saban, Sarah. I mean, I am, I am just blessed to be born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I hate to say that. People say, what's in Tuscaloosa? I say everything. <laughs> uh, Tommy, you're a good fan. We do know that. Hey, good to hear from you this morning, my all friend. Right, man. Y'all take care. Thank you. Tommy and Romulus closes us out about another minute before we have to hit the break. Again, I want to thank Daryl Furman. And uh, I know between now and, and the gala, you're going to be going nonstop. Like in this morning, you're going to do, be doing media and promotional appearances. we got to still get something lined up with the TV station, uh, all the TV stations and radio stations in Birmingham. So I guess between now and then, you're going to be going nonstop. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's just, uh, this is where Elaine Lotta kicks in. She's our uh, PR lady. Mm-hmm. Great job. Uh, she does an amazing work for us. Uh, I always say this, Yvonne Pope and Elaine Lotta, they wouldn't be a letterman, you'll say. Yvonne does all the um, basically event planning, anything kind of events we do, and Elaine does all the PR, and that's like sixty years of experience. Yeah, uh, it's just incredible, and it's it's like having being surrounded by angels. Is what it's like. Well, it's awesome what y'all have done, and what you continue to do, and what you're going to do. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this hour of the Gary Harris Show. We appreciate Daryl Furman being in studio with us. It's been brought to you this hour has by Alabama Credit Union, member owned and not for profit. It's just a better way of banking. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Find out more at alabamacu.com. All right, we're going to uh, roll it over, and we'll start off the second hour talking softball with Karen Johns. Also, Jeff Spiegel will join us. More of your phone calls. We'll hear from Kalen DeBoer as he met with reporters at the Senior Bowl. So another big hour is on the way. The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, your home for Alabama sports. This exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with 
locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Wire. NBA action on Wednesday night saw the Thunder take down the Nuggets 105-100. However, Nikola Jokic did not play for Denver last night. Shea Gilgis-Alexander led the way for Oklahoma City with 34 points. Timberwolves demolished the Mavericks 121-87 as Minnesota tops in the Western Conference at 34-14, a game ahead of the Thunder and a game and a half up on the Nuggets. Damian Lillard made his much-anticipated return to Portland on Wednesday night. However, the Bucks did lose to the Trailblazers 119-115. Lillard finished the game with 25 points. Milwaukee, for their part, now 0-2 since hiring Doc Rivers. Kevin Durant making his return to Brooklyn with the Suns. They beat the Nets 119-115 as Durant had 33 points. couple of upsets in college hoops. Number 10, Kentucky losing to Florida 94-91. Number 19, New Mexico falling to Boise State 86 now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. According to Alabama Commerce Secretary Ellen McNair, if Mercedes and other state automaker employees are allowed to unionize, it could be the end of industrial growth in the state. 49-year-old Bert Eugene Neff of Indianapolis has been charged with obstructing the federal grand jury investigation into the 2023 baseball gambling scheme that cost Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon his job. In sports, former Crimson Tide golfer Nick Dunlap makes his professional debut today in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Here we go, hour number two of the Gary Harris Show for this Thursday, February 1, 2024. This hour of the program is being brought to you by my friends Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, Patterson Comer, Attorneys of Law. When it comes to uh, personal injury attorneys, I don't know about you, well, I hope you agree with me. I want someone local. I want someone with feet on the ground. I want a, a, a law firm that's about integrity and has principles, and that is Patterson Comer, folks. I can tell you, I know for a fact, uh, because uh, they helped me out with, issues in the past and uh, I have a hundred percent confidence in Paul Patterson and Mike Comer at Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. The commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available seven days a week. Call pa- Paul Patterson in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or Mike Comer in Northport at 205-759-3939 and remember Patterson Comer Law Firm is all about you. They work on contingency. In other words, if they take your case, there's never a dime out of your pocket unless they collect for you. And that could go all the way through the process and even into the courtroom. One of them will be with you if needed. Patterson, pardon me, PattersonCoverLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, we're going to dive right back into the show. Busy first hour. Appreciate Daryl Furman from Letterman in the USA being in studio with us. But I've had a lot of people talking about softball. We're going to get Murph on. But our softball analyst, Karen Johns, was working last night uh, down at Neville Arena for the Auburn 
Um, Vanderbilt basketball game, but drove back and uh, graciously agreed to be on with us this morning to kind of kick off our softball coverage for 2024. The former Alabama pitching coach, head coach at uh, Florida, Virginia, All-American catcher at South Carolina, on and on and on. And now, as I said, like I said, a lot of TV work, analysis, uh, analysis and stats, and uh, joins us uh, to talk softball. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Good morning, Gary. Good to talk to you. Good to have you on, and uh, it's it's just about here. We'll be cranking it up, and uh, boy, the the sport has just uh, it's always been fun. It's always been enjoyable, but the boom that we've had in just the last several years is amazing. The TV ratings, and I'm not talking about just with the Women's College World Series. I'm talking about coverage throughout the year, the fan support. We've had it here in Tuscaloosa for a long time, but you go to these games anywhere on these college campuses it's a happening it's really a great time for college softball it really is and it's it's so good that espn is going to give you 76 just sec softball seasons on their you know on their network with between espn espn2 the u and uh, obviously the sec network so yes and so and that is the key is being on tv letting people see the sport um, just how exciting it is. And, you know, at some point in time where we're heading with all of sports, it's going to have to be able to probably stand on its own at some point in time. And revenue through TV is obviously the driving force. So it's so important that this sport stay relevant in, in television. And, of course, you know, people love it. They keep coming back for more. All right, let's talk about uh, just kind of an overview of the season. The ESPN.com USA Softball Top 25 uh, preseason poll was released uh, about a week ago, and we're going to start right where we finished. No surprise here. Uh, Oklahoma got all 25 first-place votes. So, um, you know, Patty Gasso has built a dynasty. There's no other way around it. I mean, you could argue right now that Oklahoma is the most dominant program in any sport uh, in the NCAA right now with what she's done. And, you know, uh, they're the team to beat again. And I don't think that that's just on paper. I, I think when you look at what Oklahoma's got, uh, they truly are the favorite going into the season. Yeah, they really are. They're, they have so much depth. They have such a big senior class that has been there time and time again. The senior class does not know what it's like to go to the college world series and not win. So, you know, they, they really are. There's, there's a few other teams out there that are looking for the four peat this year. Um, Oklahoma softball being one of them, North Carolina state women's cross country is looking for this fall, um, this coming fall, but it's really hard to do. There's only been one team that has done it in baseball and winning, you know, a four P and that's the university of Southern California back in the day when they had those, you know, big time teams and stuff. But, and that, I think they won five in a row, but no one else in baseball has done it either. Nobody else in baseball has even won more than two in a row. So it's, it's so difficult to do because of the pitching component of the sport. And uh, for them to do it three years in a row is just unbelievable. And, you know, I think non-portal days, it probably was a lot harder to do that because the portal does allow you to bring in experienced people in the circle. And uh, they have benefited from that, no question about it. Uh, they have also lost their best pitcher to the portal, so they know what that feels like too. So, um, yeah, definitely the team to beat. There, It's not... You know, there's no debating that. It's just the fact. 
You look at the SEC, Tennessee's at two, Georgia's at six, you've got Arkansas at 12, and then you see Alabama at 14. Uh, not bad, but not in the top 10 preseason, uh, not where we're accustomed to seeing Alabama. And, uh, but you know, maybe that's not all bad. You know, you're lurking. If you, if you get off to a hot start, you can make a move. But, uh, but you go into the season not as one of the favorites to win the College World Series, not as one of the favorites to win the SEC. So you get to be the hunter a little bit. At least that's the, the, the angle that I'm taking. Uh, what about you? Well, I think the brand itself will always be somewhat of the one being hunted. I don't think you can avoid that because it's Alabama. Uh, Alabama with Patrick Murphy, 14 times the Women's College World Series. So I think you're always going to be the big draw, right? You're always going to be the name. But I think the biggest thing for Bama, you know, pick, I think they were, yeah, sixth in the SEC also preseason, is really just a little bit of the unknown as far as the circle and behind the dish. And so when your battery, you know, you're not really sure um, what to maybe expect out of all of that I know that there's some pieces you know we know what Jayla Torrance did at the end of that season Mm -hmm. she is the reason why they made it to the College World Series okay so now everybody knows you everybody has film on you everybody has data on you so now it's okay what did we do in the offseason to bring some more ingredients to to the uh, cook you know bring it in and make it work for them and of course they they really benefited in that area they had two big transfers they had uh caleb beavers graduate transfer from central arkansas who's really really good and then riley valentine a sophomore catcher from texas a&m so they have those pieces they're new together i came down and watched some fall softball i thought they did a really nice job working together as a battery a small window of work, but I did get to witness that personally. And so I think really the preseason rankings in the SCD is kind of interesting this year because Tennessee has everybody back, but Ashley Rogers, but okay. So there's the big, but all the time when you lose your ace, Montana Fouts, there's some big names that are not in this conference anymore. And there's some big name teams who are going in a little bit with the unknown, Florida, young in the circle, Alabama, young in the circle, not that big-time experience. So, you know, you have those situations. Tennessee, every starter is back except for the the pitcher in the circle. So, you know, they're the favorite right now in the SEC because of that, but there's some really good young arms on these teams. So it's going to be really exciting to watch. I think the team for me that I think is going, you know, that I'm watching closely is Georgia. Georgia is another team that's bringing back a ton of talent. They're returning 98% of their hits and 98% of their pitching, which is huge. And they had a very nice season last year. And they did very well in the port of, they got a lefty, Lily Backus, a transfer from North Carolina. The kid is legit. She's a bulldog. She's a fiery pitcher. She's got great movement, great off-speed pitch. And then the question mark for me for Georgia for the last, like, five years has been behind the plate. I've never seen a team win a national title without an elite catcher. It just hasn't happened. You can go back and keep looking and keep looking and keep looking. And 
It has not happened. And they have got themselves a sophomore transfer in Sarah Gordon from Louisville. Very legit. She was the uh, National Freshman of the Year in 2023. She was the ACC Freshman of the Year. She was first-team catcher as a, as a freshman. She is so good. And that is a huge piece to their puzzle. So I'm really excited to watch a lot of these teams and see how their pitchers perform. Karen Johns is with us, softball analyst, breaking down the 2024 season in a preview. I uh, said it's it's closing in fast. In fact, uh, a week from today, Alabama will open the season in the Buzz Classic over in Atlanta with Villanova, Longwood, and Georgia Tech. And uh, what do you think of that tournament field and Alabama opening up uh, on the road? Well, I think opening up on the road is probably a really good thing for Alabama. I think um, I think that it was a – I think it's good for them to go out there and get your feet wet. You got some new people in the circle. You got a new catcher. And I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think sometimes, you know, you know how Rose House is, the comfort of that stadium sometimes, right? It's like, hey, you know, we can do this. And I, and I think that tournament offers – you know, Georgia Tech always has good position players, always has some good sluggers. Longwood's always had good bats. Villanova's just a sound team. They're not one of the top 25 teams, but they're a sound team. And I think there's a good challenge there for them. They can't, they just can't roll out the softball and win that weekend. And I think that's really beneficial for them. And I love the fact that he's taking them on the road. I think it's, it's, I think it's a great idea. And then they come back home and, uh, you know, they play in the, the Eastern Bama Bash mm-hmm. that following weekend. And, you know, I, I don't see a significant challenge there. Uh, in that tournament, but um, it, you know they have some coming up, so it's not a not a bad thing. Yeah, Eastern Bama Bash uh, beginning Friday, February sixteenth, with St. Thomas, Virginia, and Southern Indiana. Nationally, of course, the focus that same weekend is going to be on the uh, uh, the big event down in Clearwater, the Shriners Children's Clearwater Invitational, which has become the event. Alabama's not in it this year, but Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, LSU, Minnesota, North Carolina, Northwestern, Oklahoma State, Stanford, Tennessee, Texas, UCF, UCLA, Washington, and Wisconsin are in this field. What an event and something that, you know, you have the Women's College World Series, but in essence, this is almost like a Pre-season, not preseason, but early season women's college world series with, with twice as many teams. Yeah. I've worked this event every year since they've had it. And it is very much a postseason feel to it. It's incredible because the crowds are so big. The weather has been, we've been blessed with good weather, warm. People are excited about softball. Players are excited about playing and. It's just unbelievable. I mean, I look at the matchups that I'm preparing for. Stanford, Florida State. (laughs) You know, I have Georgia, Florida State. We have UCLA and Tennessee. I mean, just think about those matchups. These are Florida State, Tennessee on Sunday night. I mean, it's just incredible. And the beauty, too, this year, that opening weekend, Gary, I'm flying out to Los Angeles. Uh, I worked the Bama-Auburn basketball game next Wednesday night down in the jungle. And that that Thursday morning, I fly out to Los Angeles. And on Friday night, this is unheard of. We are going to be on ESPN, prime time, 8 o'clock. And we are going to have UCLA, Texas on TV wow. opening weekend, first, first day of the season. And then on Sunday, we'll follow that up with UCLA, Oklahoma State. 
another College World Series participant. So it's just games. Man, these are some big matchups, and uh, I just cannot wait. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal. Hey, we had a caller um, call in and leave a question for you uh, with Alabama, of course, Allison Habits, Allie, retiring after 25 years to go uh, you know, be with her mom down in Louisiana who's having some health issues and you've got uh, Kayla bro coming in the staff uh, overall is, is, you know, changed up a lot in the last couple of years. The question is with the shakeup of the staff and addition of new coaches, could Alabama softball see a philosophical change in how they play the game in particular, leaning towards more power in the lineup rather than small ball. Well, yeah, I think you're going to, you're definitely going to see change because you know, you have Adam Arbor who's been there, but not the full-time hitting coach. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Bro. Of course, everybody knows Bro is a player, but, you know, and and she learned a lot of her skill work initially from Coach Habits and went on and developed even further. And But I, I think you're going to see some change because they bring change. They have new ideas. They have different philosophies. I can tell you for certain, when I was there in the fall watching them play, the first thing I noticed on the offensive side of the ball was balls just hitting the gap continuously. I did not see a ton of foul balls, you know, everything being pulled, 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 gaps, gaps, gaps. And that is a clear indication that those hitters are doing something really, really good in their preparation. So I, I saw a lot of that. Um, you know, I don't know what the eventual power will be. Um, time will tell. I mean, it, it was ball ball. I saw a lot of doubles. And so, you know, when I look at a team, when we start talking about teams, when we're prepping for, for TV, do they have power? The first thing I look at is doubles and home runs, not just home runs. Because doubles will tell you a lot, too, of, of where they're driving the ball. And uh, I saw a lot of that from this Alabama team. It was really impressive. Um, and they've always been so good at just taking walks, getting on base. So if they're hitting gaps with those kids on base, you're going to see a huge upswing in the run scored for this team. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And Kayla Bro leaving the TV booth, uh, where she did a lot of softball for the SEC Network. She worked on Mariners broadcast up there in Seattle. And um, joining this staff, um, you know, her impact, even though she's new to coaching, um, legendary player here, great communicator. Um, your thought process on Kayla Bro uh, leaving broadcasting to join Patrick Murphy's staff? Well, my opinion on this is that she brings one, she brings a bit of an old school culture Bama mentality. And I think that's critically important that they have that ingredient, especially with some unknowns in the circles and things like that. You want to have that mentality, that attitude. And I love that. I think, too, who's going to love it more coaching at Alabama than Caleb Rowe, right? Like former players. Who doesn't love going back to their university and being a part of it? And three, Gary, she's so smart. She sees the game. She sees things within the game, not just as an outfielder. She sees the game now from so many different viewpoints and has been around so many good people. I worked games. I was sitting in the booth with her. She has a great mind for the game. And I think, hmm, what a great fit for Alabama. How do you replace it? How do you replace Nick Saban, how do you replace Allison Habits, a staple of a program? Mm -hmm. Well, you'll go hire a bro or a DeVore. 
and you couldn't get any better. You can't find better than what they have bought into that university. And I, I absolutely thrilled for Bro. I'm super excited for her and uh, super sad that we will not have her with us on the other side of it because it, it was just a joy to work with her. Also, you already alluded to it, uh, the, the battery with Fouts and, and Allie Shipman is gone. And, and, of course, Shipman was a great player. But Montana Fouts was an icon. And for the first time now in years, uh, she won't be in the circle. That's an adjustment for the team, obviously. Uh, but it's also an adjustment, I think, for the fan base. I mean, she was the darling of not just softball at Alabama, but softball uh, in the country. And uh, she won't be a part of it this year. So uh, that's... Um, Different in, in your reaction to just having Alabama softball for the first time in several years without uh, Montana Fouts uh, on the team. Yeah, you know, I thought about that, you know, over the winter as I'm preparing. I start, you know, working on stuff in November. And, you know, it's funny how I'm a big believer that life takes you where you have to be in those moments. And I thought, you know, how frustrated we all were as people who love the program, people who watch the program. When she got hurt, we're like, why, right? Why did that have to happen to her, her her last season? You know, just having an unreal lights out season. But you know what? We, we as fans and them as a program went to that spot because Jayla Torrance found her confidence. Mm -hmm. And I say that it was so invaluable. So, as hard as it is, you know, I remember how we all felt when Jackie Trainer graduated, right? We're like, oh, man, we don't have the J train, right? You know, we don't have Charlotte Morgan. We don't have Kelly Crutchman anymore. But programs like Alabama, they just keep finding those nuggets. And I think it may not be the one star this year, but I think you're going to see a really good pitching staff with a really good pitching coach. And I, and almost in a sense that, if they can, as I quote Coach Murphy, if they find the mudita within the group and find where can I help this team the most and really buy into that, I think they'll find you'll they'll have a lot of success. Well, Karen, it's going to be fun. It starts next. Uh... Thursday for Alabama over in Atlanta. Um, just a huge uh, season. And, uh, of course, this is uh, – uh, we talk about Oklahoma. Uh, next year, <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas will be in the Southeastern Conference. So, uh, But for now, uh, still in an unbelievable league. And, and uh, I know we're looking forward to it, and we'll be having you on regularly. Thank you so much. They're living at First and Main. Visit firstandmaincondos.com or call 205-657-7465. Mention you heard about us on the radio and receive one month free rent. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A nice warm up today with a sunny sky. The high at 60, mostly clear tonight below 38. Then very pleasant weather tomorrow and Saturday. The sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs in the mid to upper 60s between 65 and 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1026 here on the Gary Harris Show. And boy, whew, it has flown by this morning. <laughs> we have been going nonstop. Justin's in there saying, let me catch my breath. But uh, we will, in uh, this segment, 
kind of slow down for just a moment before we get to Jeff Spiegel. Then in the final segment, we're going to hear from Kaylin DeBoer down at the Senior Bowl. And um, so busy, busy time. Um, we're going to try to get, um, you know, some recruiting chat in next week as we get ready for the second uh, signing period. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those times basketball is in full bore, as we talked about it, you know, earlier in the show. Bama with a big road win last night at Georgia. LSU on Saturday night inside Coleman Coliseum. I'm sorry, Mississippi State. LSU was last week. Mississippi State comes in here. Alabama's already beaten them over in Starkville, so they'll try to go for the sweep. And then next Wednesday night, a huge one uh, down at uh, Neville Arena in the jungle. Alabama taking on Auburn. Alabama has already uh, played Auburn once and won here at Coleman Coliseum. That's, that's what's weird about the schedule man you play these teams used to you know there'd be more of a, a gap now you play one and it seems like you turn around and you play them again a week or 10 days later or so um a lot in this conference so it's um you know it's just a busy time for sports and we're glad to be a part of it here on tide 100.9 fm and 1230 am wtbc also listen the uh, no joining fee is over for the ymca for the month of january all through january no joining fee. All you had to do was sign up and, and get your membership going. But uh, still, the YMCA is there. It's ready for you. I uh, love working out there. Love the facility. Love the people. Love all that they have to offer. Great uh, location there at 2300 13th Street. Plenty of parking. So get by and see them at the YMCA. They'll give you a tour. They'll tell you what it's all about and uh, find you a membership. And remember, they do have the Silver Sneakers program, too. So if you're a senior and you want to get back in the gym, Silver Sneakers gives you an opportunity to do so uh, at a really good membership rate at the YMCA. Way at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner too. Birmingham Racecourse Casino off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Must be 21 or older. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a... That's simple human sense. So contact Pritchett Moore Insurance today and let our professionals find the right insurance solution for you. Visit pm-insurance.com or stop by the Tuscaloosa office today. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Thursday, when we visit with Jeff Spiegel, longtime sports anchor, ABC 3340, host of The Zone, and uh, Eagles always bring us in to Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. What's going on, buddy? Good morning, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Um, yesterday, Alabama and Auburn Day at the uh, Senior Bowl with uh, Kalen DeBoer making his debut as the Crimson Tide head coach and Hugh Freeze in his second season at Auburn. You had uh, Johnny Congdon and Chris McCulley down there on site. It was quite a day. Uh, they were busy, but uh, again, Hugh Freeze, man, is uh, is the Auburn head coach, but 
It is what it is. <laughs> when the Alabama head coach uh, shows up, it's everybody plays second fiddle, particularly Kalen DeBoer in his first time down there. It was quite uh, quite a happening yesterday down in Mobile. Yeah, it really was. I mean, uh, you know, earlier in the week I reached out to Josh Maxson and said, you know, hey, when's coach going to be down there? And he thought it was going to be yesterday. And, and uh, you know, of course, you know, Josh said, you know, there's not going to be any one-on-one, you know, opportunities. It'll be a scrum. And, and I don't know how many scrums that Kalen DeBoer has been a part of, but he, he got a little taste, I guess, of he what did. life is like as the Alabama football coach yesterday. Yeah, a lot of mics, a lot of cameras, a lot of people trying to get in there. Uh, it was, it was, uh, but I tell you what, I, uh, I thought he, you know, the thing I keep going back to, Jeff, is again, and you know, he hadn't coached a game and we know how it is around here. He'll be very popular until that first L comes. Uh, but he just seems so comfortable being Kalen DeBoer in his own skin, down to earth, approachable. I mean, I've talked to some high school coaches that he's visited with, had, had one on the show and, um, you know, talked to some parents of, of recruits. They just say, man, with him, you just, he puts you at ease right away. And I sense that even with reporters. You know, we loved Coach Saban as far as what he was able to accomplish here. But it was always with media. You know, you kind of knew your place um, and and when to approach him and when not to. Uh, Coach DeBoer's approachable. I mean, he's out. You know, if somebody runs into him with a microphone and a camera, you can just walk up to him and say, hey, can we grab you? And that's that's different than what's been in the past. Yeah, I think he, he is. I think you mentioned the word comfortable, and that's a very good word. He's comfortable in his own skin. You know, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know exactly how long it takes a coach to be, you know, confident in, in what he does and, uh, and his systems and everything. But yesterday he mentioned it. You know, someone asked him about, you know, his offense and how it would translate, you know, to Alabama and the Southeastern Conference. And, you know, he's very confident that look, you know, if I can throw it and catch it in Seattle, you know, we can throw it and catch it in Tuscaloosa as well. You know, because cause we've got talented guys, you know, in, in at Alabama. You know, we've got Jalen Milrow. We've got Kobe Prentice. We've got Jalen Hale. We've got, you know, we got guys that can run the football. I mean, there are enough players on this Alabama offense that can make his system work. And uh, he believes in physicality. Which is, you know, that's that's SEC football right there, right? So, I mean, I, I think he's very confident and comfortable in who he is, what he can do, the staff he's assembled. I love the fact that he's kept Gillespie and Roach. And he mentioned yesterday that, that those guys were huge, even before he got hired, mm-hmm. and kind of holding things together. And, and I think he's, he's ready to go, man. I think he's chomping at the bit. I think he can't wait till spring practice and – and A-Day, and, and, and what happens after that? Yeah, April 13th for A-Day. And speaking of the staff, and, and you already did bring it up, uh, Ryan Grubb, I know the Bama fans are pretty excited about him and having him as the offensive coordinator, knowing that Nick Saban tried to hire him last year before hiring Tommy Reese. And then speaking of Mobile and South Alabama, Kane Womack, who was doing a really good job as the head coach at South Alabama. I know a lot of the South Alabama people really disappointed to see him go, even though they understand it's a great opportunity. Just seems like a home run hire to me as the defensive coordinator. In-state experience, has worked with DeBoer before. When DeBoer was the offensive coordinator, he was the defensive coordinator in Indiana in 2019. And a guy who's aggressive, young, has head coaching experience in-state, as I said, helps with recruiting, helps with contacts with high school coaches. Um, what's your opinion of the of the Kane Walmack hire as the defensive coordinator? Well, I totally agree. And, and you know, he, he went out and he got a couple of head coaches. 
you know, and, and the, the thing about getting a couple of head coaches is that, you know, and, and I'm, you know, referring to Mo Linguist as well, is that, you know, you got guys who, uh, who are organized and they've run programs and, uh, and, and they, they've got their stuff together, you know, and, and they're, and they're, they've been good position coaches. And in terms of Womack, this is a guy he worked with at Indiana. And this is a guy who he had to take his offensive system like every day of practice, and he had to go up against Kane's defensive system. So he knows how great this guy can coach, and he knows what defensive schemes, you know, he can put into place. And, you know, they, they, were, they clicked at Indiana, you know, together, both as an OC and as a DC. And when you're a head coach, man, it's all about, you know, surrounding people that you're comfortable with. You're more than happy to get advice from people as to who you should hire. And people have a thousand different opinions as to who you should hire. Mm-hmm. But you know who you're comfortable with. And to me, that's one of his strengths. He mentioned that in his introductory press conference that, you know, that's one of my strengths is, or- is organization, you know, and organizing a staff. And uh, he showed that to be one of his strengths. And, uh, and I think that's uh, coming into play right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, mentioned Hugh Freeze being down at uh, the Senior Bowl as well yesterday, and he did his media availability too, and or provided media availability. And I thought it was interesting. We know all these coaches now. It's it's you know, there's so much movement, and and you know a lot of these coaches have worked together, or you know, are friends, and we know the respect that Coach Freeze had for had for Nick Saban. But he was asked about if he knew. Kalen DeBoer and he said, Oh yeah, we go way, way back to the NAI day, NAIA days when I was a, you know, I had a pretty good team at Lambeth and he had a great t- team at Sioux Falls. And he said, in fact, you know, Tom Allen is one of Coach Freeze's best fans. He's uh, best friends. He said, I kind of recommended him to Tom Allen when, when Allen was the head coach at Indiana to hire DeBoer as the offensive coordinator. So they're going to be rivals on the field, obviously, uh, competing against each other in this state, but, uh, yeah, it's good. I think that they're they're friends, and it seems like a a friendship and a and a lot of respect there between the two head coaches. Yeah, and it's very interesting to me, right? That uh, that Hugh Freeze takes partial credit for uh, for Kalen yeah. DeBoer's career. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he he's all about that, right? Talk about someone who's comfortable and confident in their own abilities and and in their own skin. I mean, that's Hugh Freeze. No, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a great rivalry. The Alabama-Auburn rivalry is just going to, I mean, it's just going to go on strong as ever, you know, with, uh, with these two guys in place. I think certainly, you know, Hugh didn't mention it yesterday, but, you know, Hugh sees somewhat of an opening here to where maybe the, the doors kind of cracked open and he can walk through it. He's put, he put together a pretty good recruiting class in 2024. He's got another one cooking in 2025. You know, he wants to keep stacking recruiting classes, but you know, just, just when Auburn is celebrating a victory that, you know, Nick Saban's not there anymore. And then boom, here's Kalen DeBoer. He gets Ryan Williams, you know, who maybe Auburn fans were counting on that maybe they could get away from Alabama, but, um, nope. You know, Ryan Williams and Crimson Tider. I mean, strongly Crimson Tide. And Jalen Mbakwe is, you know, takes a, a, a large amount of credit for that. And Ryan Williams gives him a large amount of credit for that. So, you know, I, I don't think Alabama is ready to step down, you know, off the SEC throne yet. But 
Uh, Hugh Freeze is confident that they're making some inroads and that they could get there one day. Speaking of Williams and Mbakwe, and I don't think there's any doubt, you're right, Mbakwe put a big part on uh, in, in Williams, uh, you know, recommitting to Alabama. They're close. Uh, Mr. Juan Williams, though, won Mr. Football for the second straight year. And did the sports writers get it right? Because Mbakwe and Clay Chalkful beat Ryan Williams and Sarah Land, 31-28 for the Class 6A State Championship. Mbakwe played quarterback, even though he really didn't want to. He was dynamic on, in the kick return game and, and played some defense as well. They're both incredible. Uh, but did the sports writers get it right with Williams over Mbakwe? Because I saw a lot of chatter on the Internet and on social media that maybe Mbakwe should have been Mr. Football. What do you think, Jeff? Well, in my opinion, they, they couldn't get it wrong. True. I mean, by picking either one of those guys because they were both terrific football players. I mean, they were both instrumental. I mean, look, Clay Chalkwell doesn't win the state title without Jalen and Bakway. Ryan Williams or Sarah Land doesn't get to the championship game without Ryan Williams. You know, uh, they're just, they're just two incredible football players. And, you know, what's exciting to me is that you know, these guys, where will these guys be in three years? I mean, these are guys that could just be, that could just set records and do incredible things, you know, at Alabama, at their positions. And, and then, you know, then take it to the next level. There's so much upside with these two guys that, uh, look, I don't know how close the vote was, but it had to have been razor thin. I don't think it was a runaway you know, Ryan Williams over in Bakwe. I think it was probably pretty neck and neck. Uh, but when you are the, uh, you know, we talked about this in the sports office. There's never been a repeat winner. And, uh, and I was telling, you know, McCulley, I go, I, I to me, it's a slam dunk, you know, that, that Ryan Williams, because Ryan Williams didn't do anything to make you not choose him as a repeat winner. I mean, his numbers were down a little bit, but his numbers were so crazy great as the sophomore. Of course, they were going to go down a little bit, but uh, but I think the sports writers got it right. But I don't think they would have gotten it wrong had they uh, chosen Mbakwe either. Jeff, let's get to Alabama basketball down seventeen to two last night in Athens with Nick Pringle sitting back in Tuscaloosa suspended. It didn't look good, but this Alabama team put up a fifty eight spot in the second half and gets an eighty five seventy six road win over Georgia and stays in first place in the SEC. Yeah, at halftime they were they were getting out rebounded twenty seven to seven. Wow. So, you know, I think Nate kind of lit them up in the second half or at halftime. And, and man, they came out and they just they just kept chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And then if you're Georgia and, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you, you start hanging on to the lead rather than being aggressive and playing the way that you were. And Alabama just kind of established authority. They started knocking down threes. And you know how great they are when they start hitting the threes. And they started uh, defending. And then, you know, Grant Nelson. Right? Grant Nelson is becoming a really big-time clutch player. And uh, I think he's really developing into the player that many people thought that he could be when he transferred here from North Dakota State. But he knocked down a couple of big threes. And, uh, you know, that's a big win for Alabama. I mean, it is it is really hard for ranked teams to win on the road now. I mean, this has been a crazy year in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you can get a road win, I mean, you feel like you're ahead of the game. And both teams have games this weekend, of course. But next Wednesday night, the rematch between Alabama and Auburn at Neville Arena, the Jungle. Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be crazy down there next Wednesday night. 
Yeah, and revenge is going to be on Auburn's mm-hmm. mind, and uh, Bruce Pearl's going to play it up like he always does. And uh, and look, and Neville, man, they're tough. I mean, they they raise it. They raise it a couple of levels. Yep. And that is an incredible atmosphere. And uh, and Alabama's Alabama's going to have their hands full for sure. But uh, but boy, I like the fact that they're you know they're building some momentum here. And uh, it, it you know it'd be great to get another win Saturday to take into Auburn and have uh, you know a lot of confidence going into that showdown for sure. Yeah, Alabama gets uh, Mississippi State uh, this weekend, a team they beat in Starkville, uh, but a very capable team, so the Tides uh, can't look ahead yet. But uh, Saturday night, what do you think is going to happen with Nick Pringle? Because it sounded after the game that uh, um, Nate Oates was pretty resolute. Hey, man, he's going to have to make a decision whether or not he wants to be part of the program. So I guess we'll find out something pretty quick, maybe as early as Saturday night if he's with the team, or uh, because it sounds like it's at that point now where it's, uh, you know, Oates is kind of playing around. This is two suspensions. You know, they need inside players. They don't have a lot of depth there or size, but uh, it sounds like it's time for Pringle to get on, on the train or get off for good. Yeah, I guess so. To me, it's, it's kind of comparable to the John Petty situation. You know, when Oates came on and he was kind of early on in his coaching career and, um, you know, Petty gave him some real headaches. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those similar things. And, you know, Nate's willing to, you know, cut you some breaks, you know, as long as you're willing to, you know, to get yourself back in line. And, you know, Nick Pringle's got to make a decision, as you mentioned, you know, am I, am I in on this thing or, or, or out? Because, you know, you just, you, you can't be, sus- you know, suspending a guy every week. You know, it's just, uh, it's detrimental to the team, you know, in, uh, in more ways than one. Indeed it is. Great stuff, Jeff. And, uh, be some great stuff coming up, uh, of course on your nightly sportscast, but on the zone Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday at 1030 on ABC 3340. Gary, appreciate you. Have a great day, man. Thanks, Jeff. 1045 here on the Gary Harris show. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get to some of that, uh, Kalen DeBoer audio from yesterday down at the senior bowl. That's next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. On the next inside the locker room with coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Friday. We'll break down SEC basketball. We'll look at Alabama's lead in the conference. We'll break down the Mississippi State game on Saturday night at 7.30, which is a sellout. So congratulations to the Alabama fans. Let's create an unbelievable environment. We'll be with you tomorrow from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9. They're designed to help protect against recent variants. Learn more about a COVID-19 vaccine option at ScheduleCovidVax.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Tide 1. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A nice warm up today with a sunny sky, the high at 60, mostly clear tonight, the low 38. Then very pleasant weather tomorrow and Saturday. The sky partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs in the mid to upper 60s between 65 and 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1048, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. We're winding it down and... uh been promising this the whole show, so we're going to try to deliver on it. Uh, Kalen DeBoer making his uh, Senior Bowl debut as Alabama's head coach on Wednesday down in Mobile, and he met with reporters, and we've got some of that audio for you right now. Reed's been leading the defense. Uh, he's going to do an amazing job. How do you think former Alabama players 
players are going to adapt to your new scheme? The current ones? Yes. Um, yeah, I think that our, our, our systems are going to be able to adjust the personnel we have. And, yes, there's staples. There's a foundation to everything we do. But, um, you know, I think that we'll continue to learn who our guys are and what their strengths are and make sure we're always catering to it. What is it like to see Michael here and just, you know, your former players there at Washington here in the Senior Bowl and doing big things, obviously, before their NFL career? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when it comes to all the players you've coached, uh, uh, it's emotional uh, to see them. Uh, at this point and do what they love to do and get to this level but uh, especially since the last time I saw them we were getting off a plane after the national championship game I think it adds a little extra uh, to it as well and seeing Eddie and uh, Rogers is uh, just an awesome awesome thing because this is their goal and their dreams uh, that lie ahead of them as far as going on to the next level so they're achieving it and excelling at the same time. Coach, your culture has worked everywhere you've been. If you come to Alabama, their culture was obviously working with Nick Saban. How do you kind of balance, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but it's been working your way as well? Yeah, I think that uh, you still uphold the standards that are in place, and um, the expectations are certainly uh, aligned with what I want to do and what's happened here uh, in this program for a long time now under Coach Saban. Um, But I think everyone understands that, uh, you know, there's only one Coach Saban, and uh, there's there's different ways of doing it to be successful. Uh, we will, you know, want to uphold those uh, traditions and, and all those things that have made this place uh, special. But, uh, you know, everyone will have their own fingerprints on it when it comes to what we do offensively, defensively, and obviously myself as the head coach. Have you had a chance to come up for air? I know you play the national title game a week after you take the Alabama job. Have you had a chance to kind of rest for a few moments? No, not at all. That's okay. You know, uh, that, uh, that means that there's a lot of people pulling me in a lot of different directions, and it's been fun uh, getting to know our team. Um, they're doing a great job on campus, uh, really kind of steady now in their workouts and, um, you know, out on the road, uh, just meeting a lot of new faces and enjoying it. Uh, the, you know, the Alabama logo means a lot to, down here in the, in the southeast, and so uh, it's been really fun, um, you know, here these last two weeks being out and about. You, you might have two first-round draft picks at wide receiver. What's your... Pitch, recruiting pitch to those guys in that position, to that field position, knowing how much you've developed into the highest level. Yeah, when you put it that way, with two uh, potential first-round draft picks, uh, I think it sells itself. But you know, you really dive into how we got to that point. It's uh, yes, yeah, scheme and and all that, but it's uh, a lot of development, and that's going to happen not just at the wide receiver position, but across the board in our football team. Could you see between Pac-12 football and SEC football any noticeable difference? Uh, I th- yeah, I mean, I think there there is. I mean, um, you know, this uh, level of football here at the, in the SEC has been at a high, high, uh, you know, championship level for, for a long time. And um, I think every part of the country has their own style. Um, you know, physicality is is what wins championships. And, um, you know, I think that's what our heart, that's, that's what a lot of what we do is going to be based on. But, um, you know, I think football, fo- also football, no matter where you go. And uh, our stuff will also... Um, translate to wherever we've been. You know, I've been in the Midwest and at other places in the country and, you know, just making the, the, the jaunt from the West Coast uh, to the Southeast. Um, I think all the things we do will translate over. How cool is to see Michael Phoenix? He went through a lot before he got to you at Washington to see everything work out so well for him. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Uh, you know, just kind of in five minutes, uh, a snapshot of what he's gone through and what he's all worked for and, you know, realizing that dream right now and uh, really in the best place he's ever been, you know, when it comes to, you know, two to three years now of being healthy uh, and just continuing to develop and grow. 
Um, just all he's been through has prepared him mentally, you know, for this type of scenario to where, um, you know, the, the pressure is the pressure, but uh, he knows and has the confidence that he is going to be just fine if he just does what he's capable of each and every day. What's in the offseason when it's hard for the coaching staff to spend as much time with the players? How beneficial could it be for Jalen Milrow to be around a Brailsford, be around a Bernard, where they can just talk player to player about the offense? Yeah, you know, from a staff standpoint, we're really looking forward to next week uh, to being around our guys and um, spending a lot of time with the team, you know, back on campus. But um, those that have, have come uh, with us uh, from Washington, you know, there's certainly an understanding of, you know, even the system, you know, and what, what uh, you know, what certain concept, concepts are called and how we teach them. Um, so hopefully uh, back on campus, uh, they're picking up on those things. Uh, Jalen with, you know, Austin and uh, as well as, uh, you know, having a center uh, like Parker there um, knows all the calls and uh, we can we can hit the ground running here uh, next week when it comes to installing offense and defensive systems. What's your thought process uh, bringing on King Wamek as the defensive coordinator? Well, I just know he's really good. Um, you know, I, I mean, I saw him uh, every single day in practice there in 2019 going against him and I think he's just, uh, you know, continued to take those steps forward uh, the year after I left. And, uh, you know, him being a head coach and especially understanding uh, everything down here in, the, in uh, Alabama, the state, uh, I know he's a relationship guy. And so, um, you know, he just brings a lot of energy and uh, organizational skills that I know are going to be really important for our program. Um, you know, I think it says a lot about you know, University of Alabama to be able to pull someone uh, like Kane uh, and all the things that he had going for him with uh, the success he's had at South Alabama. What did you see from Austin Mack that made you want to bring him over here? Well, I think his skill set and all the tools he brings as a, as a quarterback, the arm talent, um, but I also just think he's got a, a, a really great head on his shoulders. Uh, he's, he's young, um, and for him to do what he did this last year with us, he reclassified and um, really learned the offense as fast as anyone I've ever seen at that age. And so, uh, you know, he's got to just continue to continue to grow, continue to develop. And I know he's all about those challenges. He sees them as opportunities. And uh, it was exciting for him uh, as well as us to have him come down here. Coach, your team won the uh, Joe Miller Award. Um, did your offensive line have a specific uh, physicality and, and uh, different shapes and sizes? In other words, were they 300 pounders, 350? Are you like big? You like quick? You like how do you like your offensive line? Yeah, I, I think um, you know we just worked with what we had, and uh, obviously it was a strong group. Uh, you know, multiple. You know, both uh, our right tackle and left tackle are going to be high end draft picks, and uh, you know, Rogers here at the Senior Bowl and doing a great job. So um, talent, you know. Um, um, was 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 in a great spot there, and now it's just a matter of, you know, utilizing their strengths. And uh, a lot of it revolved around, you know, what your quarterback can do. And with Michael, uh, we were able to protect him. And um, then I think as the season went along, each and every year, uh, 22 and 23, uh, we developed a run game as the year went along, and that was important for us to win a conference championship. And uh, you know, the game, you, you always say you wear you wear the pads for a reason, right? And it's uh, meant to be a physical game, and so. Uh, the heart and soul of what we do, we'll have to rely on that. You've been in a couple of new places the last couple of years. Uh, with your experience the last couple of years, adjusting in the spring to a new place, how quick does it take to for everybody to adapt to learn your system? 
Yeah, I think first of all, from a coach's standpoint, you just jump all in. And, uh, you know, as far as getting to know the guys and uh, the relationships, um, and I think that's what you ask of your players too, is to not try to wonder and, and second guess in any way. Um, and if they embrace, embrace uh, what we're going to bring to them, um, you know, we can make these strides uh, very quickly in the in the weeks and months ahead uh, throughout spring ball. Good stuff there from Kalen DeBoer. Glad we could bring you that. Uh, and he actually went on for a couple more minutes. I mean, he did a pretty long session down there. But uh, time is of the essence here as we get ready to close out the show. And that's the majority of what he had to say yesterday in regards to um, – a lot of good questions from the media and wanted to get that on. All right, it's 1057. That's going to wrap it up for the Gary Harris Show for today. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. And a reminder, tomorrow's the TGIF edition. So we always have fun on Fridays with the great music. Uh, working to get Adam Amin off for Fox Sports. Brad Pritchard with the Auburn Report. And uh, they talk some recruiting as Alabama goes into a big junior weekend. Uh, coming up on campus as well. All right, so for Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening. T-Town Sports Daily is coming up next at 11 a.m., followed by the Miller's Edge from noon until 2, and then Ryan Fowler will take you home with the game this afternoon, 2 until 6. I'll talk to you again in the morning on the Friday edition. Have a great day, everybody.